stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Do you remember the other day when uh, we were told that we had learned all we needed to learn about the SNC-Lavalin affair? There was nothing more to learn. There was no need for any further study, any further examination, any further testimony. That we'd got to the bottom of the whole thing. Uh, Liberal MP Randy Bossino, for example, sits on the Commons Justice Committee. Uh, On Budget Day, on Tuesday, the Liberals voted against calling Jody Wilson-Raybould back, or for that matter, calling anybody else. They decided that uh, they had completed their investigation into the SNC-Lavalin matter. We have had five weeks of testimony. We've heard from 10 witnesses. We had 13 hours of testimony. We've asked over 600 questions. Canadians wanted us to uh, get into this issue, to understand what took place. And we have heard from many of the key players in this matter. So it was done. It was over. It was time to move on, we were told. Now, the people telling us all of those things have a very vested interest in telling us that. Does Jane Philpott have any kind of a vested interest in telling us otherwise? I I don't see that she does. Certainly not as obvious as a conflict, as a vested interest, as the prime minister, as others uh, who are still taking their marching orders from the prime minister. So this is very much, I I mean, you could argue that this is a, a bombshell today. From, from Jane Philpott. I mean, she doesn't specifically identify what it is that we haven't learned. But the mere fact that she is saying publicly that there is a lot more to the story that needs to be told is incredibly significant. And who are Canadians supposed to believe? The prime minister and those who were taking the prime minister's orders who were telling us that there's nothing to see here. And Jane Philpott, who walked away from a prominent cabinet position because of her disgust over all of this, who is still trying to remain a part of the Liberal Party, but who has said something very uncomfortable about all of this, that there is a whole lot more that has not yet been told about all of this. Who do you believe? I think just in terms of who has less of a reason to lie about all of this, that is Jane Philpott. So... This story is not going away. This story is not over. We have not closed the book on this. It is not time to turn the page on this. It seems every time that the liberal partisans try to spin it that way, something new comes out. Right? They denied and downplayed that original Globe and Mail story. Then along comes Jody Wilson-Raybould and blows all those denials out of the water. Then they try to spin in a certain way. Then they decide that we've heard all we need to hear. Then along comes Jane Philpott to blow all of that out of the water. Jane Philpott uh, spoke to Paul Wells from McLean's Magazine. And what was obviously a difficult interview for her. But she says, we owe it to Canadians as politicians to ensure that they have the truth. And her point being that we don't yet have the truth. So anybody who tells you that we do, anybody who tells you that we have the full story, anybody who tells you that the scandal is done is not telling the truth. So it's Jane Philpott's first interview since she resigned from cabinet over Trudeau's handling of the SNC-Lavalin affair. And her letter announcing her resignation, as you might recall, was pretty devastating. Well, obviously, she knows more than you and I know. 
In fact, I would say that she knows more than she's able to say. Clearly, Jody Wilson-Raybould has more to say. And I suspect that the prime minister and others who were telling us that it's time to turn the page on this story know that there is more to come out on all of this, which is probably why they're saying it. The story reads, which you can read at mcleans.ca. Phil Pot believes, as she puts it, there's much more to this story that needs to be told, but that it can't come out because there's been an attempt to shut down the story. An attempt she attributes to the prime minister and his close advisors. But she is also keenly aware, because she's been hearing from liberal colleagues, that there are people who are afraid they're not going to get elected because of what I did. She says, my only way of living with myself on that is that this is not my fault. I did not start this. Paul Wells says she is now trying to figure out how to see it through. Again, as she says, she resigned because, quote, I could not maintain solidarity with cabinet on the specific issue of the management of the SNC-Lavalin issue. I felt there was evidence of an attempt to politically interfere with the justice system in its work on the criminal trial that has been described as uh, by some as the most important and serious prosecution of corporate corruption in modern Canadian history. She is asked by Paul Wells, have all the things that concerned you about the handling of that file come to light at the committee? No, she says, there's much more to the story that should be told. Paul Wells says, what sort of stuff? She says, quote, I believe the former attorney general has further points to make. I believe that I have further issues of concern that I'm not free to share. It was a reference by Gerald Butts in his testimony about the fact that I spoke to the prime minister on January 6th about SNC-Lavalin's desire to have a deferred prosecution agreement. This was more than a month became this before the story became public. And ordinarily, I would have not have been allowed to share that information. So I think Canadians might want to know why I would have raised it with the prime minister a month before the public knew about it. Why I would have felt that there was a reason why former minister Jody Wilson-Raybould should not be shuffled. Now he says, in what form would you like to discuss all of this? She says, my sense is that Canadians would like to know the whole story. I believe we owe it to Canadians as politicians to ensure they have the truth. They need to have confidence in the very basic constitutional principle of the independence of the justice system. So how do we get to that truth? As many have been saying all along, that begins with hearing once again from Jody Wilson-Raybould. The former attorney general had a lot to say, as you recall in her testimony before the Commons Justice Committee, but she had to end her story at a certain point. She was not allowed to go any further and talk about events that happened at the time of her, uh, the cabinet shuffle and her demotion and afterward. There are certainly other people who testified about that time period, including Gerald Butts. There are certainly people who have spoken very publicly about that time frame, including the prime minister himself. So it is dishonest at this point to say that we have heard everything there is to hear about the story. It is disingenuous for the prime minister and others to suggest that we've already heard from Jody Wilson-Raybould. It is unfair for them to be able to talk about a crucial period of time in all of this and not allow Jody Wilson-Raybould to comment about that same time period. Or for that matter, Jane Philpott. So, we haven't learned anything new about the story today. But we have learned that there is much more to be learned about the story today. And in that sense, this is a very significant revelation. The prime minister today was asked about these matters. And, of course, the prime minister is rejecting all of this. 
falling back of the argument that everything's fine and we've heard from Jody Wilson-Raybould and this is great and let's move on and let's talk about other things. But again, here's an example of the prime minister and he's being asked about that cabinet shuffle and being asked about uh, what seems like the demotion of Jody Wilson-Raybould and obviously Jane Philpott's concerns to that end. So here's another example of the prime minister describing a point in time in which he is speaking on behalf of both Jody Wilson-Raybould and Jane Philpott at the very moment when neither of them are in a position where they themselves can speak to it. Jane Philpott says there are details about a meeting you had with her January 6th or 7th uh, prior to the cabinet shuffle. What is it that Canadians are not being told? Uh we heard testimony around uh, that meeting, and I can uh, be uh, uh, very, uh, very frank with you. We had a discussion uh, about her taking on the uh, president of the Treasury Board and Minister of Digital Services role, uh, and I also uh, told her about the fact that uh, I wished to move Jody Wilson-Raybould into the position of Indigenous Services. Uh, she asked me directly if this was uh, in link to uh, the SNC-Lavalin decision, and I told her, no, it was not. I then uh, talked, uh, she then mentioned it might be a challenge uh, to, uh, be, uh, for, uh, for uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould to take on uh, the role of Indigenous Services, and uh, I asked her for her help, which she gladly offered to give, in uh, explaining to Jody how uh, Jody Wilson Raybould how exciting uh, this job was and what a great thing it would be for her to have uh, that role for reconciliation uh, for the government and that it would be a very positive thing. It was uh, a good and positive conversation. So says you. That's one person's interpretation of these conversations that involve multiple other people, including, as mentioned, two who are at the moment are unable to speak about these details. So that's awfully convenient for the prime minister. Does he have a vested interest to frame it in the most positive way possible? Sure, of course he does. Of course, none of what he says answered the question of why Jody Wilson-Raybould had to be moved out of the position of attorney general and justice minister. Okay, Scott Bryson resigned. You need somebody new at the Treasury Board. Why does that entail Jody Wilson-Raybould being moved out of attorney general, justice minister? It doesn't add up. So he moves Jane Philpott into Scott Bryson's position. Now somebody needs to be Indigenous Services Minister. Jody Wilson-Raybould, apparently, again, we haven't heard from her, apparently wasn't comfortable taking on that role. So he found somebody else. Should have been end of story. Seamus O'Regan gets moved in what the Prime Minister is talking here is, is such a crucial position. Well, what the hell makes Seamus O'Regan qualified to be Indigenous Services Minister then if it's such an important role? And then why does it follow then that Jody Wilson-Raybould has to go and take over Seamus O'Regan's former position? It doesn't add up. So again, to hear more from Jane Philpott, to hear more from Jody Wilson-Raybould on what exactly transpired would be most helpful. But Jody Wilson-Raybould at the moment, it seems, is unable to speak about any of this. And the prime minister had the audacity today to say that he's gone as far as he needs to go in waiving cabinet confidence and solicitor-client privilege. We uh, granted an unprecedented waiver to allow for fulsome testimony at the uh, Justice Committee so that uh, people could be heard on this matter as fully as possible. And that's exactly uh, why we are pleased with the work done by the Justice Committee and that will be done by the Ethics Committee. It was fulsome testimony, you see. Fulsome. 
is an adjective. It means complimentary or flattering to an excessive degree or a large size or quantity, generous or abundant. It was a fulsome amount of testimony. But it was not the complete story. Jody Wilson-Raybould is still unable to speak to what has now become, I think, a very relevant matter in all of this. What transpired that led to her demotion? What transpired after her demotion? Why did she resign cabinet? Why did Jane Philpott raise these concerns a month before the story broke? Why did Jane Philpott resign from cabinet? All right. Our number here, 403-974-8255, 974-TALK. A lot more to get to on this story, a lot to get to on the Alberta election front today. We're going to talk about that. Also, we'll get into the issue of health care on the program today. Uh, coming up later on this afternoon, we are going to hear from Armin Navabi. He's an ex-Muslim. He is a secular activist. He is the founder of Atheist Republic. He is in town, was set to speak at Mount Royal University today. The university, however, had other ideas. Tell you more about that coming up later on this afternoon. We'll talk about the federal government's proposed media bailout. More details in the federal budget this week. Jesse Brown from Canada Land is going to join us to talk about that. Also, Jody Gondek will join us later on this afternoon. We'll find out what's going on with the Green Line, whether the north central part of the city is ever going to see LRT service. So we got a lot to get to today. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at twelve thirty on News Talk seven seventy Calgary.